Uh, Lord God, on this Vision Sunday, as we think about the year ahead and as we think about you leading us, Lord God, we pray that you would be at work in us now by your Spirit. Lord God, I pray that you'd be at work in me as I speak, and I pray that you would be at work in every single one of us as we respond. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Made in Chelsea. Now, I have never, ever watched it, but tonight on this Vision Sunday, I am thankful to God uh, for that rather dodgy reality TV program about the lives and loves of young, wealthy SW3 residents. Thank you. Um, And I will tell you why. It's because of someone who I will call Sarah. Sarah is someone who had been watching Made in Chelsea. And one of the characters of Made in Chelsea started going to a church in Chelsea, in SW3. And um, as Sarah watched this program and saw this character on Made in Chelsea going to this church in SW3, it piqued her interest in church. And she thought, actually, I want to find out what is going on in church. What happens there? And so she decided to go to church herself. But rather than Sarah lives in SW4, rather than traveling from SW4 to SW3 to go to church, she decided that she would go to church in SW4, our church, made in Clapham. (laughs) And what happened? Well, let me let you hear in her own words. This is what she said. On Sunday, 19th of May, 2019, so about four months ago, I attended the evening service at HDC and understood for the first time that faith is not about sticking to a set of rules, always falling short and never feeling good enough. It's simply about believing and trusting in Jesus and being made right with God through that. At the end of the service that night, I went up to the front of the church and recommitted my life to the Lord Jesus with a woman called Debbie who prayed with me. Amazing words, eh? From made in Chelsea, to made in Clapham, to made in Christ. Sarah's life transformed by Jesus Christ. And on Vision Sunday 2019, I start by telling you about Sarah. Because over the next 20 or so minutes, I'm going to be speaking about all sorts of big things. Big ideas, big projects, things for the future. But I do not want any single one of us here to forget that at the very heart of the vision of our church is individual people, individual lives like Sarah's. Our vision here at HTC is to see every life bearing fruit for Jesus. And that really is every life, Sarah's life, your life, my life, and we pray more and more people's lives in South London. Now, you don't have to have been coming to this church for very long to know that by God's grace, over the last few years, we have been growing as a church. So much so that now we are around 600 people on a Sunday. So 500 adults and 100 children. And our prayer is that as we go forwards in the next year or two years or three years, that we will continue to grow as a church so that we might be 800 or 1,000 people in size. And that desire is not, well, we just want growth because it's nice to be big and it's impressive. No. We long to grow because we want God's kingdom to grow. 
And we want God's kingdom to grow not just here, right here in Clapham, but throughout South London. As we become a bigger and bigger church and we are able to sustainably plant churches from this church every two or three years. Just as we did earlier this month as we sent 40 people out to St. Peter's Vauxhall. And to also do smaller renewal teams just as we did last year to All Saints Clapham Park. That is our desire. Now today we can look back at the last year and give thanks to God for so many things. For things like Sarah's life transformed by Jesus, for things like the plant going out to St. Peter's Vauxhall. So there are all sorts of things that we can look back on and go, thank you, God, for that. But actually, far more tonight, it is about looking forwards rather than looking back. Looking forwards at the year ahead and what has God got in store for us as a church? And I believe a key, if you like, a key word for us as a church, looking forwards to the coming year, is the word reordering. Now, reordering might sound a sort of strange word. It's not that common a a used word. Reordering, changing the order of things, changing the priority of things, moving things around, reordering them with the aim, with the desire of flourishing, of restoration. Reordering. Uh, When I was at Focus, um, the Christian holiday over the summer, I took a bit of time out just to pray and to think about the sort of the vision for HDC for the coming year. And as I did that, as I took that time out, God, if you like, I felt he really impressed on me to read the early chapters of the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. And the context of the book of Jeremiah is that God's people, they have turned their backs on God. They've turned their backs on him and, um, and they are, they're going after other things. They're going in an opposite direction to God. And Jeremiah is called by God as a prophet to go and speak to God's people and to challenge them about their backsliding and their going away from him and to call on them to return to God. And I was particularly struck, as I, as I read the early chapters of Jeremiah, just a, a two verses, they just jumped out at me. And God is speaking to his people through Jeremiah, and he says these words. He says, break up your unplowed ground, and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord, circumcise your That's Jeremiah 4, verses 3 and 4. And really today on Vision Sunday and next week on Gift Sunday, which is really Vision Sunday part two, my desire is I want to speak on three sorts of reordering. Three sorts of reordering that come from those few verses and three sorts of reordering that I believe are what we need as a church as we look to the future. So the first type of reordering is the need for a reordering of the ground. So break up your unplowed ground. A reordering of the ground. Now you may have heard me talk over the the last year about a picture that four or five people from HDC all felt that God was giving them in the very same prayer meeting. And the picture, it wasn't some sort of just vague thing that lots of people might think. It was quite a specific picture, a picture that four or five people felt that God was giving them of a boat, but not just any boat, but if you like, an icebreaker ship, the kind of ship that you might see in the Arctic as it bashes through all the icy waters. And with this picture was the idea of us as a church called to do that, called to, to be an icebreaker ship in South London called to break through the ice, particularly as we work with the diocese to plant and renew churches. It was amazing. Four or five people just having exactly the same picture. 
And in a sense, in Jeremiah chapter 4, this image here of breaking up the unplowed ground, it is, if you like, a very similar concept. In fact, just I think it was three weeks ago at the 11 o'clock service, uh, somebody came to the 11 o'clock service who'd never been to the church before. She was just visiting. She lived elsewhere. And she came to the service. And at the end of the service, she came up to me and she said, I, I really feel that, that God has a word for me to give you for this church. And uh, as she spoke, she said that the word is, I really feel this church is called to, to break up and plow the ground. She said, it's called to break up and plow the ground. And as she carried on just sort of talking to me about this, uh, this picture that she felt God had given her, she, she started moving from a, a sort of plowing image um, to a boat image. And she said, the church is called to plow up the ground and break up the ground. And as it does that, it'll be like, like waves going out from it, as though the church is like a boat and there are waves going out. She said, it's like waves of the Holy Spirit going out from us as a church. And that is exactly right. It is what I am praying for, I'd love you to pray for, as we look forwards to the future as a church. To pray for that, for waves of the Holy Spirit, a reordering of the ground, as we break up the unplowed ground, including more church plants and renewal teams across South London. But this next year, it's not just about breaking up the unplowed ground in South London as we look to plant churches. It's also more literally about breaking up the unplowed ground of our physical church building, reordering the ground here. Almost 250 years ago, the desire of Christians who lived in Clapham to see every life bearing fruit for Jesus meant that they built this church right here on this prime site on the common. And ever since then, from the time of William Wilberforce and the Clapham sect onwards, this building has been here to support that vision. That vision of seeing people, more people, come into a real relationship with Jesus, one which transforms all of life. And that vision, it has rightly meant making changes to this building in the past to meet the needs of the time back then in the past. And that same vision that we have today means that we recognize the need to make changes to this building right now to meet our current needs right now. Let me give you the, if you like, the five, I think, biggest needs with this building in terms of this building being able to support our vision as a church. Many of them you'll already have spotted. Let me just quickly whistle through them. First, first one. The first need we have is the smaller rooms. There are a few foot smaller rooms out, out there on either side, but there aren't nearly enough of them for children's groups on a Sunday morning. Come to the 11 o'clock service. If you've ever come to the 11 o'clock service, and if you ever were to visit the children's groups, it is absolutely rammed, it is packed, it is chaos, and we need more space, more smaller rooms. That's one need. Second thing is the pews. The pews. On a Sunday, it is a challenge with so many people and no flexibility of space for everyone who comes to the church. And then during the week, there is currently no ability to have a large, flexible space here, which actually is so necessary for so much of what we do. Think of the things we do. The prayer meeting, we need a large, flexible space. It'd be so much better with that. The Alpha course, so much better if we had a large, flexible space. So many of the courses we run. The marriage prep course that we run, for the last three courses that we've run, we have had to turn engaged couples away because we haven't had enough space to fit them all in because we try and cram in everyone in this bit here. Third need, 
is the problem of the main entrance and not having enough space for welcoming time before and after services. So it's just crammed in, the sort of coffee time, in this little bit at the front. And if you can imagine again, think of the morning when there's children charging around, when there's two services mixing in the coffee time between the service. It is an absolute bum fight. It's complete chaos. Uh, fourth need is the toilets, which are temperamental, and that's putting it politely. Uh, and the kitchen, if you've ever been to the kitchen, there's a minute little kitchen around the back there, and it is dire. Uh, we often have Herman, who many will know, our amazing caterer for so many of our events. He's trying to sort of cook off a tiny little electric hot plate for over 100 people. And then the fifth need is the audio-visual system, where it would help if we had a system where you could actually hear and see clearly throughout the whole church. I could go on and on. And obviously, those are needs now, and they will only grow those needs as we continue to grow as a church. And so what's happened is, over the last year, we have been working hard on what we've called the feasibility phase of the reordering of the building in conjunction with architects. And we've looked at all the possible options that could work for this building to meet our needs and to do it in a way that can hold on to the architectural heritage of this amazing building. And after looking over the last year at many, many, many options indeed, I want to give you today the conclusion. And this is an option which has been unanimously approved by the PCC, the Church Council, as to what we feel is the right thing to go with to serve the needs of the vision of this church at this time. Now, as I share this, let me just say a few things. This is not me saying tomorrow the builders are coming in and we're doing it all. It'd be lovely if that were the case, but sadly that is not the case. Actually, what needs to happen the next nine months a year is about doing two things in parallel. It's trying to get planning permission for everything, and it's trying to get the money, which would be no small feat. And so right at the start of this planning phase, before we consult anyone else on their views, and we have to consult all sorts of people because this is a grade two star listed building, I want to just take a pause, a pause of a couple of weeks to consult us, to consult you, We've been through all this in detail. We've discussed it over a number of PCC meetings. We've been through it with all the staff team. Everyone is behind it. But it is really important to consult you too, the whole church family. It's really important to hear what you think, to know what you think. There may be things that we've missed, things that you have particular thoughts on. Now, the bottom line is that we know with a building like this, it is very difficult to be granted planning permission to extend it above ground, and it is very expensive to dig extensions below ground. So that's a bit of a challenge. To give you the, the most minute history of the church building, basically this building was built in 1776. Originally it was just this box, so it just went as far uh, as the screen there. There was nothing beyond there. 1776, that was what was built. Then they extended this church, all the bit uh, that way from the, from the um, screen there. That was added on in 1906 because of the needs of the church at that time. Uh, more recently, there was a project in the recent past trying to get a further extension beyond that far wall there to try and move the church, to grow the church even further out there. But we were eventually told as a church that that was never going to get planning permission. And so what this pl project is planning to do, which we've been told by the head of Lambeth Planning is more likely to succeed, is to look to do an extension north and south, so that way and that way, on this current east end extension. Now, let me try and uh, show you what I mean, okay? Um, here is the church as it currently looks at the moment. So if you were sort of standing over there outside, that is looking at the church at the moment, and then this is what it would look like. 
grows out. So you see that Wilberforce center there pushes out that way. And then the same thing happens on the other side too. So if you get more of a bird's eye view, that is the church at the moment. And that is what it would look like now. Okay? And what is going to happen, you see there, is that we're going out wider from the Wilberforce center and the vestry. And then we will also need to do some digging down too on the Wilberforce side. We're going to dig down into a basement level as well. But it's not going to be so extensive that it would be cost prohibitive. And what you can do, and what we'd love you to do, is you can go and look at the plans in more detail. They're there at the back, on the blue bit at the back, at the end of the service. Or you can look at them online via an email link that you're going to receive tonight if you are on our church database. And in those plans, you'll see at the back, and see on the secure webpage and the link you'll be sent to it tonight, you will see plans, both current and proposed, for all the different levels. For the basement level, the ground floor level, the balcony level, and the roof level. And then you can look at that and you can give us comments on it. And positive comments are very gratefully received. Okay? Um, but to just give you an idea what it would look like, um, there would be a big flexible space here with no pews. There would be a baptism pool under here for, for, um, so that people wouldn't get frozen when we were doing the baptisms out there. Um, there would be upstairs, there would be better sound and visuals, but we would retain the existing pews up there. There would be a big uh, room, a huge room out there um, on the ground floor. There would be the main welcoming coffee space there. On the other side, what is currently the vestry, would be a decent-sized kitchen that can accommodate all our needs. And then if we sort of did quickly a sort of like a cut-through through the church of this end, it's going to come up on the screen. That is what the church, as you're looking this way, a cut-through there, that's what it currently looks like. Uh, this is what it would look like um, after the extensions have been added. And then just coming up on the next slide, you'll see on a sort of typical Sunday morning where all the different children's groups and things like that would go. You see, no substantial work has been done on this church building for over 30 years. And this is all needed to support the vision of this church being the key resourcing church in South London, both for now and for the coming decades. And it's important to say it is one whole, this project. It's one whole. We can't sort of do part of it. To, to take one example, there's no point having a big kitchen over there that can provide for big events if we've still got the pews in so we can't actually have big events and big courses. So it is one whole. Now, in a few months' time, what we'll do is we'll speak more clearly about the fundraising as well as how the planning process is going. But for the moment, as I say, this is a two-week pause for you to have a look and to give any comments that you might have. And it's not a small project. It's going to cost in the region of 3.5 to 4 million pounds. But that is what needs to happen to make this vision a reality of this church playing a significant part in reversing the decline in church attendance in South London. And I would love every single one of us here to play a part in this vision. So that's the first need, the need for a reordering of the ground. Second need is a need for the reordering of our ministries. In, in Jeremiah, God says this. He says, do not sow among thorns. In other words, God is saying, don't sow on ground that isn't ready and raring. Don't labor on unfruitful ministries, vice versa. Do labor on fruitful ministries. And I think in the coming sort of academic year, this works out in three ways for us as a church. Here's the first way. Gaps need filling. 
Uh, back at the start of the month, when we um, commissioned and prayed for and sent out the 30 or so people that were going to St. Peter's Vauxhall, as you looked at those 30 or 40 people going, they're wonderful people who did a lot in the life of this church. Quite a few who are core members of this service. And that means that there are now lots of gaps to be filled in key fruitful ministries in our church. Gaps in this service too. And so really I want to say, if you are new to this church, a huge welcome to you. It is wonderful to have you here. But can I encourage you, don't just sort of go, I'll just sort of sit around just take a back seat for six, nine months, check it all out, and then I might possibly get involved. Can I encourage you, get involved straight away. We would love you to get involved straight away. Wherever your giftings are, wherever your desires are, wherever your passions are, get involved straight away. We would love you to. And if you've been around in this church for a while, and maybe you've perhaps retreated slightly from serving, maybe this Vision Sunday might be the time to recommit yourself to serving in some area of church life because we need you. We need you. Second way this works out is is barriers need removing. Barriers need removing. Now the principle here is that HTC, as a church, we need to be structured not based on the barns. And by that, I mean not based on the people who are already in the church, like us. As a church, we shouldn't be structured by the barns, but we should be structured with respect to the fields, the people who are currently outside of the church. An old uh, uh, previous archbishop, Archbishop William Temple, he famously said, the church is the only institution that exists primarily for the benefit of those who are not yet its members. And when we think about the fields, when we think about the people who are outside of this church who are not yet its members, actually what we are seeing at the moment, we are seeing a greater flow of people from the fields out there into the 11 a.m. service than any other service. And yet, at the 11 a.m. service, there is currently a big barrier to growth because there's no space for more people, particularly no space for more children. So if you like, at the 11 a.m. service, the space issue is the thorns which are stopping good growth occurring. And what I've said particularly to the morning services, but I think it's really important you know too, I said that we cannot wait probably at least three years for the reordering, physical reordering of the building to solve that blockage to growth. So we need to do something now. And so what we're going to do is we're going to think through different possible options to solve that barrier, and then we're going to have a a vision evening for all the morning services on Monday the 11th of November, when we're going to think through possible solutions to removing this barrier. And then a week later, Monday the 18th of November, we're going to have a vision evening for this evening service, when we can think through and pray through and plan through everything for us as an evening service on that evening. Now, I'm not quite sure, with the, with the sort of the problem in the morning, I'm not quite sure what the right option is. There are more or less radical alternatives, but we do need to make some changes for the new year, most probably. What we can't do is nothing. And then the third way that this needs to work out, the, the reordering of our ministries, is that ministries need growing. So there are a number of new outreach ministries that are proving fruitful in our church. They're blessing many other people, And they are bringing people into relationship with Jesus, into a relationship with this church. And we need to keep, if you like, fertilizing them. We need to keep um, helping them to grow. All sorts of things. Family Fridays, Brixton Prison, counseling services, the homeless, the elderly, just to name a few. And there are other plans in the pipeline too. And what we need to recognize is that as these ministries grow, we grow too. 
I, I loved hearing um, a couple of weeks ago from uh, someone in our congregation who I'll call Steve. And Steve was part of a recent service um, in Brixton Prison. He was part of leading a, a service in Brixton Prison. And this is what he said. He said, I'd never prayed for someone before. But when I did pray for one of the men in the prison, I just let God speak through me. And all I had to do was hold myself together. And Steve, he ended up that day having a really significant time praying for this uh, man in the prison. He had a really significant time praying with him, but he also ended up having a significant conversation with the deputy governor of the whole prison. As ministries grow, as we're involved in them, so we grow as disciples of Jesus. So these three needs for reordering. The need for a reordering of the ground, a need for the reordering of our ministries, and finally, the need for a reordering of our hearts. Our hearts, my heart, and each of your hearts. And really, this is the sort of key point of the early chapters of Jeremiah. None of what all I've just talked about, none of it is possible without a reordering of our hearts. Just look up there at what at God's word to his people. What does he say to his people? He says, circumcise yourselves to the Lord, circumcise your hearts. In other words, he's saying it's no use having some sort of external show of commitment to God if there's no true internal commitment in our hearts. There's no use God's people getting circumcised externally if their hearts were not circumcised internally. It's no use us trying to look impressive externally at HTC if we are not turning our hearts internally to our Savior and our Lord and allowing anything not of him to be cut away. In fact, you know, it's only when, when we as individuals, when we as a church, it's only when we reorder our hearts towards God and we reorder our hearts to be in line with God's heart, it is only then that we will commit wholeheartedly to him. Just as we were uh, worshipping earlier, uh, there's just one, one thing I just felt I was right to add, which I didn't say in the morning services. I wonder for some of us if there needs to be a, just a subtle change in our hearts. A subtle change, but actually it's quite a radical change. To just think in our hearts, as we're thinking about reordering our hearts, what is the top desire in your heart? What is the top desire in my heart? We may say, my top desire is God. We sort of know that's the right answer. Our top desire, number one priority, it should be God. But I wonder for many of us, actually, if we take that a little bit further, our desire in our heart, our heart's desire, right at the top, is for God to help me. My top desire is for God to help me. And I wonder, actually, if there needs to be a little bit of a shift in what our top desire in our hearts is. That our top desire in our hearts is not for God to help me, but for God to be God. The top desire in my heart for God to be God, to be God in charge of my life. Because you see, when our top heart's desire is my desire is for God to help me, actually that's putting me at the center of everything. Whereas if there's a subtle but a radical shift, that actually the top heart's desire for me is for God to be God of my life. God's in charge, God is at the center, not me. And it is only when we get our hearts 
reordered in line with God's heart, it is only then that we will be prepared to make sacrifices for him to see this vision become a reality, including making the sacrifice of giving generously. Later this evening, uh, all of you who are on the email distribution list, you'll be receiving a very exciting email. It's an email that will even rival your and my excitement about the Rugby World Cup and the new Downton Abbey film. It is that exciting. Uh, In the email, there will be details of a number of things, uh, including £77,000 worth of extra excitement. Now, our our current congregational giving, it is estimated to be uh, around £860,000 for 2019. And I want to say thank you to so many of you here who are giving sacrificially to make up that amount. But what we're saying is that to meet our needs and to implement our plans for the coming year, our giving needs to increase next year by an additional £77,000 on this year's giving. So that's a 9% increase. Now, what we have consciously tried to do, we have consciously tried to keep our budget as tight as possible for the next year. And that's for at least two reasons. First reason, because of course, with 40 or so people going off to St. Peter's Vauxhall, their money, their giving, has also gone off to St. Peter's Vauxhall. And that means that uh, we, we have £60,000 per year less income now because 40 or so people have taken their giving rightly to St. Peter's Vauxhall. And then the second reason that we need to keep tight on our needs for 2020 is because that £77,000 extra that is needed that I've just told you about, that doesn't include the most expensive item of all, the reordering of the building. Now, through your generous giving over the last few years, we have already earmarked £300,000 in our account to go towards the building project. And what we would love, we would love as much of that £300,000 to go towards the actual cost of doing the building, which, as I said, is 3.5 to £4 million. But the costs over the next year of us getting to a place of submitting the planning application before we actually do the building, the cost of this next year, this planning phase, will be around £200,000. And so what we're asking is whether you might consider, as well as upping your regular giving to the church, maybe upping it by 9% or whatever you feel is right, whether you might also be able to consider a one-off gift to this reordering project now to pay for the £200,000 that is needed for this planning phase in the year ahead. With the aim that as, as much as possible of the earmarked £300,000 can go towards the actual building project rather than having to pay for the planning phase costs over the next year. Now, I know I have said lots. There's lots of big things, lots of exciting things. But as I close, this is what I want to say most of all. As I close, would you join me? Would you join me and Susanna? Would you join every single member of the PCC? Would you join all the staff team? Would you join many, many other individuals in this church, including people like Sarah and Steve? Would you join us on the icebreaker ship that is Holy Trinity Clapham? And would you join us, not as sort of passengers on the ship, passengers that are being looked after, 
but would you join us on the icebreaker ship as part of the crew? Would you join us as crew members? We need crew members. Would you be a part of this team? Would you let God reorder your heart? Would you let God be God over all of your life? Would you give yourself wholeheartedly to him? Would you be prepared to make sacrifices for him? Would you be a crew member on our majesty's icebreaker ship, HTC? And would you do that so that waves of the Holy Spirit might flow through you, might flow through us, and might flow from us and out from us, so that we might see more and more lives bearing fruit for Jesus. Would you stand and let's pray. Just as we stand, I'd love us just to to take a moment just to respond personally in prayer. I've talked there about a need for the reordering of our hearts. And let's pray now that God would be at work in each of us by his spirit. Lord, we simply pray, work now in our hearts. We pray continue to do a work deep in us by the power of your spirit. Lord, would you reorder our hearts towards you? For any of us where we've been having our backs turned to you, for any of us where we've been backsliding, Lord, reorder our hearts towards you, the one who is faithful, the one who loves us, the one who forgives us. Lord, reorder our hearts towards you. And Lord, by the power of your spirit, would you reorder our hearts to be in line with your heart? Do that reordering work in us. Even today. And just in the moment of quiet, if there's, you know there's just some particular area where you haven't got the order right, where you know that the change needs to happen in your priorities, in your heart, just in the quiet of your heart, just ask God to do that in you to help you change. On Vision Sunday, we um, often do things a little bit differently. Um, Often, normally, we have a time of prayer ministry. And um, if there is anything that you would like to pray about, anything I've spoken about, maybe the reordering of the heart, um, there'll be people who would love to pray with you at the end of the service. Um, But before we do that, I just want to talk about different ways that all of us can respond on Vision Sunday. And there are four ways, I put out three fingers, that's not right, four, um, uh, four ways that I would love us to um, respond. Uh, and these are things, whether it's the very first time we're here, or, or whether we've been here for years and years and years uh, in the church. And the first one is everyone pray. Everyone pray. 
Now, today I shared plans for the reordering of the church building. It's hugely exciting, but it's big, and we would love you to pray. We would love you to pray for that, and we would love you to pray for that, that there might be speedily be able to be moved to move forwards, but there's far more things than just the reordering of the building. We'd love you to be praying for all that is going on in the church. Please be praying for it. If you don't uh, link into Prayer Mate, uh, where you can get a daily thing to pray for for HTC, please uh, do that. Um, But please also be feeding back to us. If as you pray, you feel God might be just giving you a word or a picture or a verse, do just let us know um, uh, how you feel God might be just speaking into your life about uh, all that goes on here at HTC. But particularly thinking about the reordering of the building, as I said, this is the sort of two-week window uh, for the church family to take a look at the plans. And you can do that at the back, uh, but you can also, if you want to do it more leisurely, you can do it on the secure website. There's a four-minute little video from me. Um, There are all the plans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But to do that, it's a secure website. You need a password. And if you wait a moment, I will tell you what the password is. Well, I won't tell you what it is. I'll tell you how you get it. Um, Second thing that I would love us all to do is everyone grow. Everyone grow. And today we are launching a key way that we can grow as disciples of Jesus as a whole church family in the coming year. And that is through the 2020 Church Weekend Away. Uh, Yeah, thank you. Which is on the 15th to the 17th of May. It's in the same place as the last couple of years in Windsor, the Devere Beaumont Hotel. Um, Simon Ponsonby, who is uh, one of the best Bible teachers and authors that I know, he is our main speaker. He's based at St. Aldate's Oxford. He is going to be speaking on reordering our hearts. And bookings open today, and I would love you to book your place on the weekend, even today, certainly in the next few weeks. There is an early bird rate that starts today and goes on for just a few weeks, so I would love you to book in fast. And you can pay the whole lot now, the early bird rate, or probably easier, you can just pay a deposit now of £30, and that will secure your early bird rate uh, for the church weekend away. Last, uh, well, earlier this year, we had 350 people uh, at the church weekend away. It was an amazing time. Uh, there is room for 400 people this time so please do book on Uh, we would love to see you on that church weekend away third thing that we can all do is everyone give everyone give so if you're on the database you will get this email this evening and in it will be a link to a letter from me and the church wardens if you want more financial information and it will also give you uh, a link to do your giving And on the website now, we're just going to see um, the giving page uh, on the website. This year, we have set up an additional way of giving to the church, and that is uh, through our online giving system. So you'll see, that's Connect Groups. Let's go to giving. Perfect. Wonderful. Um, Join a Connect Group too. It'll be very important. Um, But on the giving page, you will see there, uh, the new way of online giving uh, is where you can click Give Now. Now, that is particularly helpful if you don't yet give to the church and you want to start giving to the church either regularly or one-off, or if you do already give to the church regularly, but you're wanting to give a one-off amount for the reordering of the church building. And basically, when you click Give Now, as you can see there, you can stick in all your details, and you can give straight away to the church by direct debit. Now, there will be many of you here who are already giving regularly to the church by standing order. And if that's you, if you're regularly giving to the church by standing order already, uh, you will probably want to click Pledge Now rather than Give Now. So you'll click Pledge Now uh, in the next week or so, and and then pledge what you are going to give in the year ahead. And then if you're going to amend your giving, hopefully upwards, you can do that yourself through your online banking. So really what I'm saying is I'd love every single one of you to pray first, to think it through, 
and then to fill in an online form, either give now or pledge now at some point in the next week or so, detailing how much you can give towards the vision of this church and whether you can give any one-off sum towards the reordering of the building. If you would prefer a paper copy pledge form, then you can pick one of those up from uh, Joe Watling at the back uh, at the end. And then finally, everyone serve. Everyone serve. I'd love you just to, to pick up one of these blue cards that are in front of you there. Hopefully, everyone should be able to get one. If there, aren't, if there are too many of you on the pew and you're fighting over a blue card, just wave your hand and someone at the back will come and give you one. Uh, but just if you have a look at that, and uh, I'd love you to grab a pen as well and just write your name and your email uh, and just tick 6 p.m. service on the back of this. Now, lots of you here serve in the life of the church in lots of the ways, and I want to thank you so much for doing that. But I'd love just to, as we close to finish by mentioning a few ways where there is a real need for more people to help serving uh, to support the vision that I've been laying out. And that's really the various boxes, the tick boxes uh, along the right. So I wonder if you might look at those and see if you might be able to do one or more of these. So as I say, stick your name, email, and your service, 6 p.m. And then let me just talk through the, the boxes. The first box there on the right, I would like to join a Sunday service hosting team. Now that is, it's not a big commitment, but it's vital to make this service operate well and for people to be welcomed well. Now for the evening service, it, it operates uh, by connect groups. So different connect groups each Sunday do the hosting. So if you're not in a connect group, then you won't be in a hosting team. So tick that box. We will make sure you're in a connect group that is part of the hosting here, and then you can host. Um, we would love 20 or so extra people to do that. So do tick that box. Second box there, I would like to help with the 0 to 13s on a Sunday morning. Um, I know you're here at the evening service, but maybe once a month on your Sunday morning, rather than a leisurely brunch, you might have an early brunch and come and help out with the children's groups. That would be amazing. There's lots of you here as I look around who already do that. But we would love more help there. And if you might be able to maybe just once a month uh, help with one of the children's groups, that would be amazing. And we would love uh, 15 or 20 people here, if you might tick that box and say, yeah, I'm willing to do that once a month. And actually every single person that does it, they say they so love it, they so enjoy it. It's actually a real blessing for them too. So would you think about doing that? Could you do that? Third box, I would like to join the audiovisual team. Now, it's not just you have to go and sit on the desk straight away and off you go, you've got to work it out. You'll get training, so don't worry if you don't really know how to use the stuff now. I don't have a clue, but you'll get training. Um, but particularly, actually, this one, uh, with the people going off to the plant, um, there are quite a few of the audiovisual team who have gone off to the plant, so there is a real need here. And so we would love 10 people here to say, actually, maybe once every six weeks, once I've got trained, I could help uh, on the back, uh, on the desk. And so if that is you... Would you tick that box? I would like to serve to join the audiovisual team. Next box, I would like to serve on the worship team. Now, obviously, that's musical worship, and that means you need to be musically gifted. Um, so not me, I can't join that one. And you need to love Jesus. So if you qualify with those two things, tick that box, and Ben and Rory will get in touch with you. Uh, fifth box, I would like to serve in an outreach ministry. This, I would say this is really a second box to tick. Don't let this be the only box that you tick. Um, but if you'd like to help with the elderly, homeless, prison, family Fridays, homework club, uh, tick that. There are not so many volunteers that we need for this at the moment, but we do need some. So don't make that the only box that you tick. But if you'd like to help in one of those, uh, tick that box. And then sixth box, I'd like to be a prayer intercessor for HDC, uh, getting sent emails of particular things to pray for in the life of our church. 
So I'm going to give you 20 seconds just to think, pray very speedily, and tick any of the boxes that you'd like to. Write your name, your email down. And uh, as you're doing that, finally, the password for the secure website where you can see the plans of the building. Um, if you get my weekly email on a Friday, if you receive that, then you will be getting um, the email tonight, and the email tonight will have details of the password for that website. If you do not get that my weekly email, or if you're not sure if you do, then you will not be getting the email tonight that will have the password on it. And so the way you can change that is on this blue card, bottom left-hand corner, it says, please tick this box to receive our newsletters and general communications. Tick that box, and then you will get this email, which has the password on. You may not get it tonight, but you'll get it in the next couple of days. Okay? Shall we stand? We're going to sing a final song uh, together before we close. And as we do that, if you could pass the blue cards down to the end of your pews, uh, people are going to come around and just collect those uh, as we sing our final song.